welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. Well, thank you, Paul, for the introduction, and welcome, everybody, to this episode of Demand Gen Radio. And guess who I have back on the program? None other than Scott Brinker, our Chief Martech, and great to have you back on the program, Scott. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be here with you again, David. And uh, just before we launched into the podcast, you were telling me that September is a great time to be in Boston. A little jealous. I uh, haven't been out in Boston in some time, but uh, I will be traveling out there not too far in the future, right? Because we've got the MarTech conference coming up. How's that shaping up? Yeah, MarTech conference, fall in Boston. It's like the perfect combination of everything. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great event. We should have around a thousand people here at the Boston event, uh, three tracks, a bunch of state of the art of what people are doing to make marketing technology successful in their businesses. Awesome. Well, I know my team is looking forward to being there. For those of you who have never been to MarTech, this is the conference for learning about use and adoption of marketing technology. And Scott has been the the host of the conference, um, you know, really structuring the content and the content strategy. And uh, he and I first got to work together when I was helping as an MC a few years back. And uh, just big fan of the, the conference. There's so many different tools and technologies out there. Uh, this is a place where they all come together. So if you need an excuse to go to Boston, this is the right one. And join Scott and the crew uh, out there. Scott, last time we got together, you and I geeked out on MarTech a bit. We talked about AI, we talked about virtual reality, and we discovered that both of us have a fondness for video gaming. Uh, And I want to build upon that discussion, but there is some big news, and uh, I know you are well-read. Your content is well-read in the industry, and I'm not sure yet if everyone's picked up the news that you've made a big career pivot and left Ion to join HubSpot as their VP of uh, the platform ecosystem. So if we could, let's talk about that, because that's a big, you know, you were the co-founder and CTO of Ion, and um, I'm sure everybody would be interested to hear about this this change in direction and kind of what motivated you and what your thoughts are in, in terms of starting the rollout. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been an eventful summer here. Uh, so Ion Interactive was acquired by Scribble Live. Uh, very exciting to see what they're doing with uh, building out an enterprise content marketing suite. Uh, first one, uh, actually, in their uh, competitive set to uh, bring in an interactive content component. Uh, so we're very excited to see what they do with that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it did feel like the right time. There was an inflection point uh, at ION and uh, the opportunity that came up with HubSpot here. I mean, yeah, as you said, for folks who have been reading my stuff for years, I've been passionate uh, about the possibilities for platforms in this space. You know, and, and we've seen a lot of progress. I mean, there's a lot of progress that's been made with many of the companies in this space. Um, but I think we can do better. You know, I think that crazy landscape of 5,000 marketing technologies, consolidation is not the only solution. I mean, there will be some consolidation. I mean, Ion just got consolidated into Scribble Live. So consolidation will definitely happen. You know, but there continues to be so much new innovation and new startups and new companies entering. 
And so I'd really like to see, yes, there's ways that some of the larger platforms in this space can help make that ecosystem more manageable. And yeah, kind of excited to take a crack at that. Well, you, uh, at the last conference, the one in San Francisco, I love the slide where you showed uh, Princess Bride, and you talked about a lot of people using the word platform and, and showed the slide where, I can't remember the character's name, but he said, you know, you keep using that word, I do not think it means what you think it means, or something like that. By the way, I went to junior high and high school with Robin Wright, uh, the actress in that film, probably knows, most well-known today for her role uh, in House of Cards is Claire, but great movie. So I'm going to throw it back on you. You use the word platform uh, to describe HubSpot. What What is a platform in your mind? And is that different than what the, the other offerings from the marketing automation vendors who claim to have platforms as well? I think a lot of people claim to have platforms. What are your thoughts on what makes a platform or not? I do think there are a number of true platform providers in this space. In fact, years ago, um, you know, I wrote a post when uh, John Miller at Marketo uh, made a really big deal with the uh, introduction of LaunchPoint, uh, this, uh, this, this ability to really look at these systems that have become foundational in companies. You know, I mean, Salesforce is a great example of you know, a system that's become foundational in so many companies. Uh, I think in the SMB market, HubSpot has been one of those companies that has widely adopted a foundational system. And the difference between like just having a very popular application or having a suite of popular applications and having a platform is by really providing both the technological and the business structure that enables third parties to extend that platform with other applications, that they can build things on it, they can plug into it. I mean, you know, like the classic examples we always think of in platforms is, you know, iPhone, uh, iOS, or Android, you know, from Google, this thing that's not just the software you get directly from the company, but it's that ability for the software to make it really easy to plug in these innovations and synchronize these uh, applications from third parties as well. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is the smartphone has uh, obsoleted the phone, right? I mean, you know, it's just so fascinating. I was at a conference recently. Again, I can't quote the source because I don't know the source. But um, someone said that uh, about 28% of phone users make a phone call in a week, just one call, um, which is, you know, approaching a third of all Smartphone users only make one call in a week, which talks about the other use of the tools on that platform outside of the phone, to, to make your point. So does does Oracle and Marketo, in your opinion, with Eloqua and Marketo, are those platforms? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think the joke we were making at uh, Martech was uh, platform is sometimes also just been a substitute word for any application. Yep. Um, like, I, I have to say, I, I wouldn't involve in surprise if an Ion Interactive is in our own marketing for various points where we're saying, hey, it's an interactive content platform. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to pick on anyone. I think, uh, you know, these, these words have meanings that evolve over time. But the version of the meaning that's really important is this idea of the iOS interpretation of platform, which is a foundational layer that's going to support 
third-party applications, independent software vendor applications, plugging into this uh, foundation and really augmenting its capabilities, uh, giving customers greater choice. So before we talk about some of the, the MarTech tools and, and trends that you and I are seeing, now that you've you went through a long thought process and have made the decision to join HubSpot, what are you most excited about in this in this new role? What, I guess I'm going to ask you two questions. What was the the key decision to to join HubSpot, and what has you most excited about the role, at least in the short term? Well, you know, coming from uh, so as an observer of the relationships between platforms and ISVs, uh, with what I do, uh, you know, with the Chief Martech blog. Um, yeah, obviously, I'm just passionate about those dynamics. But the work I did at ION was on the ISV side of that equation, right? We were a third party that would plug into these systems. We plugged into Marketo, Eloqua, Salesforce, HubSpot. Um, and that's great. I mean, I, there's a lot about those dynamics. I really enjoyed that perspective and that role. The opportunity that arose here at HubSpot to help them on the platform side of that equation, like what can be done to make things better for the ISVs to really help accelerate the momentum for both the platform and the ISVs to find ways ultimately, you know, that a better synergy between these can bring greater value to customers. Uh, and that's a mission that, uh, yeah, to have the opportunity to work directly on that and uh, work directly with a team that's building that together. Yeah, it, uh, it was like it was made for me. It really, it really is. I mean, it's for your, you, you know, you have an ecosystem within the ecosystem and such great touch points with all the other marketing technology vendors and know the landscape better, better than probably anybody. So perfect uh, role for you as, as you take those relationships and, and um, foster solutions for, for clients in the space. HubSpot has done you know, incredibly well in building their customer base. They've got they're probably approaching what now about forty thousand customers in the in the high thirties. Very different uh, customer base size, customer base than the B two B marketing automation players in the the mid and enterprise market. What would you guess? And I know you're just just coming on board there. What would you guess has been the key to their success in getting so many people to adopt? marketing technology, marketing automation, all the related tools. I mean, they're doing emails, landing pages, predictive scoring. They, they have all the components, the, the, the features, if you will, that the other larger platforms talk about, but certainly they've marketed themselves in a way and grown their customer base at a high, much more accelerated rate. What are, your, what are your thoughts on how they've done that? Yeah, I mean, my point of view from that is largely as an external observer, you know, just sort of what I've watched over the past few years, which is, uh, it is a, it's a segmentation, uh, difference. Um, you know, HubSpot is primarily serving the SMB. Uh, and if you look at this stuff as a pyramid with, you know, like the large, the world's largest enterprises at the top of that pyramid, you know, and then down at the bottom having, uh, yeah, this wide base of SMBs. You know, there's just a lot more SMBs than there are Fortune 500. I mean, there's only 500 Fortune 500. Um, you know, so I think uh, when you look at, uh, yeah, uh, you know, who, who these companies are that have acquired these solutions, the, the numbers are just largely a function there of uh, market segmentation. 
And do you think those organizations that are that are getting HubSpot look a lot different in their marketing department uh, than mid and enterprise? I mean, I know the answer to that is yes. How do they look different? Who's responsible for these applications and doing that where you know the, the rise of the marketing operations manager in the enterprise space? So who's, who's mining the store, the digital store and, and these tools in the SMB? You know, I think it varies. One of the things that is interesting about HubSpot is they've got such a tremendous agency program. A large percentage of their customers are actually being served through these agencies uh, that help uh, bring new businesses on board. And, you know, it's not just about uh, the software dimension of that. It's really about helping all of those companies with marketing that needs to happen on top of that software. Uh, how do you do really good inbound marketing? Um, so it is definitely, I mean, you know, uh, you, you've grown a business yourself, right? I mean, the, the nature of small to medium-sized businesses is you get folks who have to wear a lot more hats. Um, you know, there's a lot more uh, uh, agility uh, that's required to uh, be able to pull off all the things you want to do. So I think it's a very fun and dynamic market segment. I mean, I felt this before joining HubSpot is in many ways software is giving SMBs a whole new way of competing, uh, punching above their weight class, if you will, to be able to compete uh, with much larger enterprises. So uh, I think that's very exciting. Yeah, it's it definitely is. Hey, let's take a quick break, Scott. Uh, I want to talk about one of the – uh, you know, a technology that I see emerging across um, companies um, very, very rapidly. It's not lead scoring. It's not lead nurturing. It's another way to engage with prospects. And we're going to talk about that as soon as we come back. Have you ever felt that you're not getting the most out of your marketing automation system? Well, you're not alone. But there is an answer. An award-winning agency called DemandGen that can not only get your team out of batch and blast mode, but turn your team into high-performance marketers that drive more revenue and have the kind of results you're looking for. They also have a marketing dashboard to show it. Experts in Marketo, Eloqua, Salesforce, and dozens of other top marketing technology, the folks at DemandGen have held hundreds of the top marketing teams around the country, and they can do the same for you. So stop feeling stressed. Check out their services at demandgen.com, just like it sounds, demandgen.com. And while you're there, be sure and visit their resource section, which is chock full of videos, free templates, and downloadable guides, all of which will help you be a better marketer. If you need a team that will get you to the next level, there's one waiting. They're just a click away. Demandgen.com. All right, back to David and his guest. All right, and we're back. So this emerging technology, been around for a while, actually, but um, we're seeing a lot more of it in use today uh, in the digital marketing uh, ecosystem. So what is it? Well, uh, let's, let's talk about the difference between a digital marketing experience and a retail experience and figure out where we haven't closed the gap. Uh, gal walks into a department store, decides to go inside looks around, starts perusing the various items on the racks. She's looking at price tags. She's maybe throwing some stuff over her arm. She's trying it in the back room. She's clearly interested. And now it's time to engage. She doesn't walk up to the desk and fill out a form that says, here's my first name, 
here's my last name, here's my email and phone, and walk out and wait for someone to contact her and discuss that later stage of the buying process. And so since we don't see that experience in the retail world, and yet in the digital marketing landscape, chat is that application that can serve that real-time uh, interaction. And Scott, you and I are seeing a huge emergence in this area. At least I am. I want to get your perspective on it. And I also want to talk about it as maybe that next AI technology that um, will, will, will help popularize the use of AI. What do you think about chat? And, and um, clearly HubSpot's got a chat solution. So, uh, And I know I think they've done some recent acquisitions, but love to get your perspective. Yeah, it's definitely an incredibly exciting space. Like, yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we had the wave of what happened with the web. Um, and, uh, that took a while for businesses to figure out, okay, how do we use the web effectively to engage with our customers the way they want? You know, and then we had social media and all the explosion that happened around that. Again, we're probably still not perfect at it, but you know, it's, it's, it's taken a number of years for businesses to really understand, okay, what are the best practices for how do you engage with people through this new channel? And what we now see is through a variety of these, there's a few variations on it, right? There's chat that's based on a website. There's these messaging apps, the, the explosion with Facebook Messenger, 1.2 billion people on Facebook Messenger. Um, you've got Slack, you know, in the business world. I think Apple just announced uh, they've got their business chat product coming out. Uh, and then, yeah, you also have all these, like, voice-enabled systems, whether it's Siri or Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant. And all these things, what they have in common is they are becoming this new medium by which prospects and customers can engage in businesses and conversational interfaces. It's really exciting, but it's also, yeah, just like what we did with, you know, the web and social media where we've got a lot ahead of us to learn on. Okay, how, how do we really do this well? What are going to be the best practices of conversational commerce, of conversational business? Well, absolutely. And what's, what's happening in our world these days, you know how everyone says, I mean, it's a October. Well, it's not really October, but it's October in a couple days. And we're so far through the year. And everyone has said this year that this year has felt like it's gone faster than any other year. And I don't think that's just a factor of age. I think that a lot of people have their nose and eyes in technology all day long. And we all know that when we sit at a computer and read email or browse the web, time seems to accelerate, seems to go by faster. So as more and more of us are doing that, time is going by faster. But the point that I want to make, and I actually want to come back to that stat again, I don't know if it's the stat, but it's dramatic that, you know, like almost 30% of smartphone users don't make more than one phone call in a week. So with digital marketing, where it is today and people going through this transformation, a rising, you know, consumer base of millennials, all of us chatting and texting more than we ever had, where the phone is becoming, I mean, it went from face-to-face -face selling and interactions to telephony-based selling and interactions. And are we seeing chat become that, you know, impulse, instantaneous communication platform? 
that's going to be essential uh, for every company that is that is selling and marketing itself, well as marketing itself and interacting with with customers online. Looks like that trend is happening. And what I don't, you know, Scott, I don't know if you remember, but um, when Steve Woods uh, and Mark Organ founded Eloqua back in the day, their very first application. I mean, what Eloqua was back in the day was a website chat application. That was the very first thing. They actually ended up moving away from that and building the product as we know it is today. But chat was the first application. That's where the website tracking scripts came from. But there's a big difference in in chat today, right? And that is many of the chat tools and systems out there incorporate AI. So just like, you know, Siri is, is isn't, you know, artificial intelligence, right? She basically is an input mechanism that knows how to listen to speech and and knows the algorithms of saying, he wants to know the sports score of the Raiders game, and therefore I will give him that answer because I now have the data and present it back. And so chat, another technology, right, that we're seeing AI incorporated for searching and, and information. So it's not just interacting with uh, a live person, but the ability to interact with a bot as as well. Any companies in the space of particular notice that you're seeing on the rise? Yeah. So, I, wow, you are like right on uh, the phenomenon there. Because yeah, the early idea of web chat was okay. Well, we'll connect you up with another human being. You know, and don't get me wrong, that's still a part of the conversational commerce equation. But the challenge is, of course, that doesn't scale. Uh, and quite frankly, for a vast number of things that people want to get answers to or actions that they want to take with a business, they actually don't need a human to do that. What they need to have is a machine that actually understands their request in plain, plain language. Uh, you know, and this is where you've seen this explosion of bots that are able to become these self-service conversational interfaces across the entire customer journey. And they won't nail it 100%. I mean, like the worst thing you could think of is just imagine that somehow the bots are now <laughs> replacing all the salespeople and all the customer service people. That That is not going to happen. That's a very long, long way away. But if they can handle that front line, those set of requests that people used to have to go to our website to and hunt around to find the answer, that if we can simplify the interface and say, hey, just you know, whether it's a website chat or you're on Facebook Messenger or Slack or whatever it is with it, just ask, you know, and we will do our best to be able to answer you immediately. And then if we can't, you know, then that becomes that next layer of escalation of, all right, well, let's connect you with the right person in our organization to be able to pick up where the bot leads off. And, you know, we, we like AI when AI helps us, right? Everyone enjoys who subscribes to Netflix, or they wouldn't subscribe. But everyone enjoys, you know, the recommendations, the, hey, you should watch this show because there's a 98% probability that you're going to like it based on what you like to watch and what you've been watching. So we love when technology helps us and creates more efficiency. And the thing about Siri and the whole voice recognition, it's not just voice recognition, you know, it's not just an input string. Um, it's the parsing 
parsing. It's listening to the tones. It's listening to intent. And so I look forward to the day, you know, right, that, that AI technology can help expedite what I'm looking for. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I've got a big passion for drone building and racing drones. And, you know, what would be great is when I go to a site and look for a part or a replacement part, that type of stuff, and had, you know, chat technology that I can just find that, not just a search, but for it to understand uh, what I'm looking for in my intent. Maybe it welcomes me with a, hey, last time you were here, you left a couple items in your, in your shopping cart. Would you like to complete those transactions, right? It knows my past history and stuff. So we're going to see, as you say, chat um, do a lot more than just be a search algorithm uh, for finding stuff, but really a, a, a virtual assistant in interacting with that company. And I agree with you. We're not going to replace sales uh, with a bot. We're just supplementing the engagement uh, process. Double down on what you were saying there about, um, you know, the contextual history is a huge piece of this, right? Because if we think of like previous incarnations of search, like Google, it was a very transactional thing. You go to Google, you do a search, bam, that was over. I mean, some some history, whatnot, but wasn't really integrated into the way in which we use Google or the way in which Google served us. Um, but yeah, you think about these conversational interfaces. I mean those conversations then stick around so i have a conversation you know with your bot you know and uh, i get something done and then i come back two weeks later because i've got a question on it the history of that conversation is still sitting right there for me in facebook messenger you still have it you know and we can pick up right in that context of hey this thing arrived and i have a question about it and this was missing okay yeah we help you get that resolved right away it's uh, that mix of english language natural language interface and contextual history such a powerful combination yeah and it's a it's a technology that's relatively inexpensive i mean it is inexpensive uh and it's very easy to deploy i remember after one of the conferences in san francisco and i saw some new vendors um, showing off their wares i decided to go back and just implement uh their bot chat on my book site manufacturing demand and just to experiment with it, see what the implementation uh, would would take and how it would work. And it was one of the things like you just pointed out, whereas, boy, if you had to staff that with people behind that and didn't have a bot or any kind of AI to assist, it's not scalable. And so you really need the combination of the two elements, uh, you know, to, to make the interaction um, effective as, as well as, as scalable. But very easy technology to deploy and is certainly a great one to pilot. So I, for people listening, if you haven't experimented uh, with chat and with the bots, um, definitely worth some research on your end. Experiment, as we like to do in marketing. Well, Scott, always great to catch up. Look forward to seeing you in a few weeks at the conference. Congratulations on the successful uh, acquisition of the company you founded and now a successful transition to you over leading the platform at HubSpot. Exciting times. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks, David. Look forward to seeing you in Boston. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio. Bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 